You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Fantasy Podcast. With your hosts, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. A very special guest today. Friend of the pod. He's a Super Bowl champion, so that's kind of a big deal. Friend, I started with friend of the pod because that's really the most important thing. Then we went to Super Bowl champion. Uh, that's good friend, Tyron Matthew. Ty, thanks so much for joining the podcast. You're getting made fun of like me because neither one of us has anything in the background. So where are you chilling right now? Are you at home? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually in Kansas City right now. So um, this is technically supposed to be my office area, but I have to get to it. So... It's still under construction, but yeah. Okay, show the people what you showed us earlier, because I am going to show this video. So, just, just every, you know, got, got some. <laughs> uh, I got my Pat P. Got my Pat P. Uh, little fence thing over there. So All right. I got to put that up. Man, I got to get some time to put that up. Man. So, I was going to say, <laughs> you got good. He's got good stuff. He's got good stuff. So if you're listening King to James the podcast, High School Jersey, man, that was nice. Like yeah, I was I was gonna say he's he's got some good stuff. He's he's trying to keep up with Jake, who's trying to show us all up with uh, all his background stuff that he's got going on. But Ty, talk about what it's like this off season. Obviously, so different from any other off season we've ever had before. And you started off 2020 so hot. You got LSU winning a national championship. You guys went in the Super Bowl, so you took all the good juju for 2020, and then we the rest of us got stuck with with what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, a really good start to the year. Um, you know, going down to New Orleans, saying LSU pull it out. You know, it's, it, it's, it, it hurt. It hurt me to my heart because you know my my group. We were the only team to play in a national championship game in New Orleans and lose. So to see those young boys pull it off, um, they, they they did me proud. But um, I, and then to follow up, you know, obviously with the Super Bowl win, uh, I thought that was great just for a moment. You know, you know, we felt like heroes, you know, especially for Kansas City. You know, those people really came. They, they showed out for the parade. You know, it was freezing out there, too, so they were out there, you know, in that weather. But uh, I thought they played a big role as well, you know, if, as far as, you know, how we were able to come back from certain deficits, you know, especially at home. Um, they really gave us some home feeling advantage. But I felt like after that, you know, obviously things got a lot, lot more serious you know, with the COVID-19 and different things like that, um, which I, I thought I tried my best to, to, you know, do my best as far as with my foundation. And uh, so I'm just hoping everybody continues to, you know, be well and to, to stay well, really. Yeah, I want to make sure everybody checks out the foundation. So it's Tyron Matthew Foundation. He's been doing a ton of great work. I know Jamie wants to ask you about 
uh, your bike and vote uh, part of your foundation and the event you got coming up. So we'll, we'll get to that. But have you, have you acquired, what have you been doing this off season? I know you're, you're a big yoga guy, right? You do a lot of yoga in the off season. You do a lot of self-reflection. Have you, have you done anything else? Have you acquired any other skills or have you just been really becoming a yogi this off season? I've, I've just really been in that, you know, in that mode, really. Um, you know, especially with the quarantine, I felt like, you know, that gave me some time to continue to, I've been working on, I work on myself every day. So I just feel like that gave me some more time to kind of continue to work on things, you know, outside of football, outside of family, you know. So um, I do a lot of yoga. I feel like that that naturally, you know, keeps me, you know, in, in a good mind frame, in a good mind state. And then it's beneficial as well, you know, um, to what I do for a living, you know, and um, just, just trying to be where my feet are and, you know, not rush anything, not, not feel anxious for anything. So, um, but no, nah, I haven't really picked up. I got an eight month old daughter. So, you know, I've been, I've been on daddy duties and, you know, so it's been fun though. I feel like with her, it's a lot different than when it was with my boys, you know, like, with her, I, I, I'm enjoying it, right? Like, I, I just love the process. Whereas with my boys, I just wanted them to kind of grow up quick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's my question, man. My first question was going to be, how has a dad, being a dad changed you? But we can um, see it. We see the smile on your face. But tell us what that's been like. I mean, it's just giving me, you know, great, really hope, you know. Um, I feel like I've always needed that. And I think just, you know, having my children, you know, they give me that, you know, each and every day. They make me want to be a better person. Um, they make me not think about myself. You know, um, I'm always kind of thinking about them and thinking about my responsibilities and, you know, just trying to be the right person for them. I felt like I, I had my kids right around the same time I wanted to become, you know, who I am now and to kind of see it continue to develop. Um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely happy for what they've done for me. You know, they give me a great perspective about, you know, where I want to go and where I want to continue to go. So my follow-up to that is, because this is going to be hard for me to say, now that you're a veteran in the league, you've been around for a while, not saying we're getting towards the twilight, but does, does having the kids, having the success you've had, the Pro Bowls, now the Super Bowl, does those two things combine to the legacy that you want? Do the, do the kids, are the kids a part of that? I know you're much, much bigger than what happens between the white lines, right? I, I think 100%, man. I think, you know, having having those certain accomplishments while also being the kind of father I am, you know, I think that's everything. Because if I was, you know, not getting in trouble anymore and I was, you know, making X amount of dollars and making Pro Bowls, but I wasn't being the kind of person I truly want to be, I think I'd be, you know, a lot of players are like in that moment right now where they just yeah. don't know was real or not and I, I'm, I'm grateful that I have that perspective about you know what's really real and, and you know what's, what's not necessary. I want you to talk about being a girl dad though because you started to talk about how different it is right mm -hmm. raising raising a daughter and she's beautiful and I, I see the the pictures you post and it's this different kind of electric smile that you have right now while I'm just asking you the question because obviously you love the boys but you're already telling me you're like, listen, Ty Jr. is going to be the next Aaron Donald. Noah's going to be his agent. Like I'm already dialed <laughs> in for football. What's it like for baby girl? Because it's it's a different mentality for sure. Yeah, you know what? I I truly, you know, I I just 
obviously, you know, I think having her, you know, I think about, you know, the, the kind of businesses I have and the kind of things I, I want to own, right? And, you know, the kind of things I want to be able to pass down to her. So, and, and I hope it's that, um, you know, I hope I'm able to really set a great foundation for her where um, she doesn't have to work for anybody, you know, but herself. And, you know what I mean? So I'm hoping I can really do that for her because right now I feel like a sucker. You know, it's like, if she was old enough, I'd give her all my money, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right, right now, she, like, got me wrapped around her fingers. It's like she, you know, she can't cry. You know, I'm trying, I'm, I'm at that phase where I'm trying to let her sleep in her room. And it's like, yo, I got the speaker, the monitor. It's like, it's, it's up. The volume is up because I just, I got to hear her if anything goes wrong. So I'm really hoping that I can really set a great foundation for um, not necessarily anything football related that, that she can fall back on. Um, I know it's a great chance that my children are able to fall back on my football legacy. And I'm hoping for her, I'm able to, to really set something that, that she can love. Uh, maybe it's my foundation. Maybe she wants to yeah. hear that, and I'm, I'm hoping. Um, but, uh, you know, her mom was like a cheerleader. So, you know, it's like her mom wants her to be a dancer and a cheerleader. <laughs> I'm going to figure this out. We'll, we'll, we'll get her something she can you know, speaking on. <laughs> yeah, tell Sid you're raising a business icon, not, not a cheerleader. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it feels almost trivial to transition to football now, uh, but Paige and Jake have tasked me with that goal here. Uh, so Tyron, I wanted to ask you, we have a ton of Arizona listeners here because of, you know, Paige, Jake. Um, I, I'm sure you're familiar with Jake's dad for, for whatever reason. Um, so we have a lot of Arizona listeners here that we do in the show. And I think one of the big questions they have is how has your game changed and evolved since your time in Arizona now that you've been with a couple different teams and are now a Super Bowl champion? I mean, you know, I think for real, to be honest, uh, I think I've just grown up a little bit, you know. Uh, I think when I was coming into the league, you know, I was really in this bubble, so to say, and I was around some good dudes, you know, Bruce Aarons, Larry Fitzgerald, Pat P. And I, I felt like I was in this bubble in the sense that I didn't have to worry about anything like real life, you know. And I felt like when I when I had my injuries, I like I couldn't function. Like it, it did something to my spirit. Um, you know, um, I wasn't the same player, like even practicing, you know. And and I'm sure that that played a big part, you know, in why me and Arizona divorced. It's because, you know, I wasn't the same dude. Like, my walk was different. <laughs> and I, I thought, I, I think I've just grown to a point now to where I'm able to kind of handle, you know, it all. You know, and I'm not able to let it really affect, you know, what I do for a living. Whereas a lot of times, you know, having injuries or because for, for a while I was trying to just overcome the stigma of me being a guy that, that couldn't stop smoking. <laughs> and so I felt like I, I did that. And then as I was turning that corner, it's like, I've never been injured before. Like football has always been my, that's been like my safe place. That's where I go to be great, you know? Yeah. When everything else in the world was bad, I just go football, I'd be great. And like, I felt like the injuries didn't allow me to be that. And I couldn't, I couldn't control it. I couldn't handle it. My, even though I wasn't like messing up, you know, I was walking different. I was talking different. and. I'm just glad I was able to kind of get through that. But I think, you know, in all, I'm able to handle all those things. That's why I'm, I feel like I'm able to kind of get back to who I was, you know, as a player. 
And with that experience, do you, do you kind of look to be a mentor now for younger guys that maybe are going through that scenario? They, don't, they haven't experienced this before. And you can say, here's the journey. Here's the path that I took. And here's how I came out on the other side. As, like you said, you weren't messing up, but just not feeling like yourself, not knowing you're not, this is not what I'm fully capable of being. Do you take on that role now? Yeah, I think, you know, I think that was a big part of me coming to Kansas City, really. You know, uh, a lot of my time in Arizona, I was the youngest guy in the room. You know, so I was in a Pat P, Jake P, you know, uh, Jeremiah Bell. And then I went to Houston and, you know, I was in a room with Jonathan Joseph and Kareem Jackson. And so I still wasn't the, the, the big guy in the room. I, I, I felt like Kansas City offered me the opportunity to really, like, be who I thought I could be, you know, as far as a leader. Um, because I had learned from a lot of great dudes and they, all of them led different, differently. Um, but I felt like I was in a I was in a good enough space to where I could be, you know, who I knew I was as far as practicing, as far as the way I walk, talk, interact with my teammates. I just felt like I was coming back to that. So, you know, that's really why I was able to I mean, that's really why I took the Kansas City. That's really why I left Houston, you know. I was close to home. Like Houston was perfect for me. <laughs> you know, I was playing Sean Watson is a good quarterback too. So, you know, but I just felt like Kansas City gave me an opportunity to to really follow in the footsteps of some of the dudes that I really look up to. Matt, we could talk about so many things off of that last playing injured, what it does to you, your psyche, all that kind of stuff. How much can change in a generation, right? For your kids. It's amazing. I'm glad you brought that, that transition up. Cause Paige and I were ecstatic. I just want to see you get paid. So when you went to Houston, I was like, my boy's got some cheddar. Yeah. Life is going to be okay. <laughs> and then you went to Kansas city and did it again. But when you went to Kansas city, my first job was there. I know how amazing that organization is. But bigger than that, how incredible Chiefs kingdom is. Paige and I talk all the time on the show. If you're a fan of the NFL and you don't go to a game at Arrowhead and experience that, then you haven't really lived a giant part of the NFL because it's just, it's just different, right? Like I've been around a lot of fan bases. Yeah. Tell me about your experience in Kansas City Chiefs kingdom. You talked about the Super Bowl parade and them showing up in the freezing cold. Man, 50 years, and they win another one? Like, I know how big that is, but tell us your experience. We were so happy to see you go there because I know how much that fan base would love you and what you bring. Yeah, I mean, and to be honest, I felt like they really carried us for a good part of that season last year, you know, when we were kind of stuck in a, in a slump. Um, but it, it really reminds me of, of LSU, and I don't really like to compare, like, people to things, but, I mean, that, that was the feel. Like, it made – for me personally, it made me feel really important. You know, it made, they made me feel special. They made me feel wanted, you know, like it's kind of like how Bruce Aarons made me feel <laughs> when I came to, in the league, you know what I mean? And they wonder why I played so well. And so I think just having like people like that around you, like it naturally, you know, adds to, you know, who you, who you could become as a player. So, and you know, it, it's not much to do in Kansas city, you know, so it's just <laughs> no. football, family, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it's like the ideal place for a guy who, who wants to come in, you know, play football, you know, and not really worry about, you know, much else. No, I couldn't. I obviously went to school in Lincoln, spent a lot of time in Kansas City. I know the, I know the KC market very well. And at the end of this podcast, I will be asking you about barbecue. So you better prepare yourself. You better prepare yourself for that question. But I want to go back to something you said because it really it really stuck with me. And it was 
all the different leaders that you've been able to learn from, right? And you, and you mentioned the guys, whether it's Bruce Arians or, or Pat P or Larry Fitzgerald, some, I mean, icons, superstars, future Hall of Famers, great, great people and great men. What kind of leader are you now, though? Because you said you learned from all of them differently and, and, you, and you took away something different from all of them. What did you take and, and make your own in Kansas City? Because I can see it visibly, but I want to hear what, what you think from inside your own head. Well, you know, I think, you know, I've had so many great people, man. Like, I'm going to leave some people out, but, you know, for example, you know, I don't think I have a foundation right now um, if it wasn't for, like, guys like Larry Fitzgerald showing me that I can, I'm able to do both, right? Like, I'm able to juggle both. I'm able to be an impact in both, you know? And obviously having dudes like Pat P, you know, show me, you know, how to be a professional, you know what I mean? Like, how to, you know, put things in perspective, you know? Like, how to, you know, balance work, balance, you know, um, home life how to balance relationships with, with your wife versus the relationship with your mother. And I, I think, you know, I've been, I've been taught, you know, really well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm so grateful because I was, I, I was actually listening, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm sure a lot of other people weren't listening to what those guys were saying and different things like that. So, you know, I take great pride. I try to take something, you know, from, from each and every one of them, you know, even Bruce Aarons, you know, he never tried to change anybody. <laughs> You know, like he just told you what it was and he made you change it. You know what I mean? So, and so I, I take things from all those guys. I think the, the difference with me um, is, you know, like I really love the practice, you know, and I really love, I really love that part of it. Like um, I try to treat practices like games, like for real, you know, I'm like all out. And um, I probably said, I probably say I hope that separates me, but you know, I've been around some good dudes that that have really they have really set the standard pretty high when you talk about being accountable, being responsible, you know, um giving back, you know, you know, while also, you know, being a really good ball player. I want to talk to you about a, a nickname, okay? So you went – last year you went – you've obviously been the honey badger for a long time, but you called yourself the landlord. You went with rents due all year long. How did that come about, man? Because I, I loved it. I think the fans in Kansas City embraced the hell out of it. They were all tweeting rents due, rents due, the landlord's here. How did that come about? Because, man, it was fun to watch on social media. I don't, to be honest, I, I really don't know how it came about. I knew, I knew the rents do. That little slogan came from the fans. Um, but the landlord, I, don't, I think that was probably something I was just like playing. I, I hashtag a lot of things. I tweet a lot of things. And so sometimes they catch on and, you know, other times they don't. But um, I just felt like that was, I, obviously I thought that's what they saw me as, you know, somebody that can really come in. Because a big part of, like, the free agency, you know, even when people were, like, in my mentions, they were always talking about whether or not I can get people lined up. Like, that was the only – I don't know what happened before I got here. But, like, the biggest question was, can I get these cornerbacks and safeties to line up in the right spot? So I was like, okay. So I, I felt like the landlord kind of, you know, he's like, you know, the guy that's keeping attendance in check. So uh, the fans loved it. So, yeah. <laughs> 
And Tyron, we're doing a, a tight end show here today. That's the theme of our show. And you got a pretty good one down there in Kansas City. I think he's all of our unanimous choice to be the number one tight end. So kind of a couple, two-pronged question here. One, what makes Travis Kelsey the best tight end in football? And two, aside from covering Kelsey in practice, who is the other toughest tight end in football for you to cover? Um, I'd probably say, you know, what makes Kelsey so good is he can really line up anywhere. Um, and I probably say what makes him even better is he's, he's pretty deceiving, you know, like, cause when you look at him, you don't think he can really move or wiggle the way he can and he can go. And once he gets gone, he can really run. So, um, and I think he just has such a natural feel for sitting down in certain coverages, you know, like understanding certain leverages, you know, and obviously, you know, I think playing with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who's, like on the same beat as him, you know, I think it just, it, it makes guys like him almost unguardable in a, in a sense. Um, Cause they're just so good with, with sitting down in between certain coverages and they're so good at man to man working off your leverage. So, um, you know, a lot of what he does is option routes and he has the option to go this way or that way. And so, I mean, anytime a guy has a two way go, it, it gets pretty tough. And I probably say that the toughest tight end Probably the cover. Um, I'll probably say, you know, Zach Ertz. He's probably another one um, that, 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 that I probably say that I've, you know, had my fair battles with. Uh, you know, even going back to our rookie year, you know, uh, we've gone up there to Philly. You know, um, he's another one who's really deceiving, can, can run. And I think the biggest thing, too, is they can really catch. So all those tough catches, all those contested balls over the middles, the quick slants, the basic routes, um, like they're, not, they're going to come down with those balls. So, and I think anytime you put guys like that in space, you're really able to show, you know, their athletic ability. So I probably see those two guys. So you mentioned the guy, right? <laughs> Mahomes, Pat, <laughs> Superman. He got a bunch of damn names at this point. <laughs> we see the greatness on the field, right? Yeah. Tell me about what you see, not necessarily behind the scenes, but the stuff we don't see. You love to practice. Yeah. The clips that we get to see, you could tell he loves to practice. Yeah. That intense competitiveness. But what, other than the, the freaky arm strength and the angles, all the stuff that we get to see, right? The people that watch this all the time. What makes him different to you, though, being his teammate? I'd probably say, you know, like most guys that I've played with that, that were that talented, they simply just relied on that. Um, and they weren't, they, they weren't truly ever able to make the guys around them better. I think he can do that. Like, I think, he, I think he realistically sets a standard for all the guys around him to achieve. And he's constantly, like, pushing them to that. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I saw what he, what he was able to do, you know, with the receiver group. And, and the confidence he was kind of able to continue to build in them even as, a, even as the season went along. So he's not a guy that, you know, is selfish in the sense that he's going to come out here and get his numbers, you know, as long as he looks good. I think he's really, you know, conscious of how the people around him look. And I always appreciate that from a leader because I think, you know, obviously we all could kind of get in that space to where we become selfish beings and, and we be like, okay, I'm good at what I do. And, but it's like, you know, are you making anybody around you better? So I always appreciate the leader that, 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 that holds itself at a high standard, but he's, he's able to kind of, you know, get other people on the same boat, you know, that he's on. You've mentioned Bruce Arians quite a few times throughout this podcast, and we know the, we know the, the history and the love that exists there. And, and he 
acquired Tom Brady in the offseason. Okay, so you as a Kansas City Chief, you, you've been able to battle with New England here for a little while and know what that was. What are you expecting from Bruce, knowing how great he is, and now that he has added Tom Brady? Because you guys match up in the regular season, and if things go really well, y'all could meet up in Tampa in the Super Bowl, and that would be, uh, from a fan perspective, my dream come true. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be dope. Nah, that'd be dope, man, playing against Bruce Aarons and, and the rest of my coaches, man. I'm still cool most of those guys over there. Um, even a couple of my LSU boys on the team. So that 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 actually be that actually be really cool. That'd be sick, actually. <laughs> I I think I think BA would say the same thing. I think yeah, BA would say the same thing. I think I think you know being around Bruce Aarons, you know, I think him and Tom is like perfect for each other. You know, obviously both of them are, you know, well decorated as far as you know what they were able to do, um, what they were able to accomplish. I think you put two guys like that together. Like, I, I, I played against Brady. Like, he's the ultimate competitor. Like, and, and I know Bruce Aarons. Like, the first play, it's a bomb. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, I think you putting that together, like, because I know Bruce Aarons. Like, I know what he was able to do for a 20-year-old kid who, who the world gave up on. So, I'm just looking at the situation with Brady, who, who's much more mature, but – you know, the perspective is the same. Like, the world has probably given up on him. Turned, you know what I mean? So he's in a position where, you know, he's going to walk in a building every day with somebody that's going to give him confidence. And, you know, Brady's not in the AFC, so I don't really care. But they're going to have problems. You know, even, even defensively, I thought, I thought Tampa Bay was underrated defensively. I thought, they, I thought they had some games where they gave up a lot of points. But I thought defensively, like, they're a scratchy bunch. Like, they're going to pull up and they won't fight, you know? So, I, I, think, I think they got a good situation over there. But I think anytime you got a coach that, that puts confidence in his players and, and that coach has legit players, they're going to be in trouble. So, I don't care what team it is. It's, they, they're going to be a problem. So, and I think, I think they got a good situation right now. One of the other things I wanted to ask you about was for our listeners in the New Orleans area, the, the bike and vote movement uh, that you've tweeted about and any information you can share with us and the listeners that are in that area about what it's about, uh, your involvement in it and anything that you can share for those. I, I believe there's a, a mobilization going on this Saturday. Yeah. Well, actually that was a, that was for a friend of mine uh, that, that wanted me to tweet that, but, but I'm actually, my, my foundation, we actually are in a phase of uh, trying to find the best ways to make voting account, uh, you know, accommodating for, for people in New Orleans, you know, so that's like the next step for us. Um, I was just helping out a friend with that. Um, but uh, obviously, I think that's the next big step for us. You know, um, I, I don't think a lot of things are fair, you know, and I think we can sit down all day and argue back and forth about what's right, what's wrong. I think the right thing to do is to really educate people, all people on, you know, what it is that they can do, what it is that, how, how, they, how it is that they can impact certain situations, um, you know. So I think that's the next step for me. I know Pat Mahomes is doing the same thing. Um, and we're just trying to get as many people registered to vote as possible. I think that's the power um, is being able to really, you know, elect who we want to elect, um, you know, for our particular, you know, city. So I think that's extremely important. It's not just about, you know, uh, presidential races, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. 
I think I think it's it becomes local. I think we have to you know begin local as far as voting and different things like that. And as far as our state, you know, we got to be able to handle you know what's in front of us. You know, so and I think that's the that's the message I want to send to these kids. I want to make that cool, you know, so that you know they're pulling up on a Friday or Saturday and they're actually going to punch a vote. And I think that's pretty cool. That is pretty damn cool. Yeah, Ty, I want to talk to you more about that uh, before I get into the lighthearted questions to end the podcast, because I think what's what's really awesome is to to speak with an athlete in 2020 and be talking about voting rights. Right. I think that's that's really become something that is almost an expectation from high profile athletes is you're going to use your platform and you're going to use it in a positive way. And one thing that I've noticed, even in the last couple of days, is the players kind of mobilizing together and using the platform as really a big platform, right? Because you with Mahomes, with Watson, with, ev- with everybody together, the power is, is really great. So what has that evolution been like? And, and are you enjoying that? Because yes, with, it, it's good to be able to use your platform, but it's also a lot of responsibility. Yeah, it's been cool to see different guys, you know, from um, different parts of the league, different backgrounds in the league, and, and you know, not just black dudes. You know, there's some, there's some white boys, there's some different colored guys that, that, that get on these calls that have these tough conversations with us. But, um, you know, I think the most important thing is us being together, us, you know, fundamentally, you know, having the same goal. And we might not always have the same vision, but – you know, I hope all of our, you know, vision is somewhere in the same area. And so it's been cool to see guys, you know, really tap in with each other, um, figure out what, what it is other guys are doing in the community, trying to find a way to match it, um, you know, even on tough topics and, 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 you know, things that, you know, most players particularly stay away from. I think, you know, I think the guys in the NFL are starting to really understand their leadership. And I don't think it's like a cocky or arrogance. I think it's just, you know, Pat Mahomes understands who he is and, and, and what kind of impact he truly has on the white and the black community. So I, I think just guys really stepping up, understanding, you know, who they are, where they come from, and what it is they have to represent, you know. So um, uh, that's what I've been telling the guys. You know, um, as, as many things come across the table and we can all agree on it or disagree on it, um, I think it sends a great message, you know, beyond us that, that we are united you know, that we are brothers, you know, that is not just, you know, politically, uh, you know, the right thing to say. So a follow up on that. We can cut this if we need to, because this is a little deeper than we probably are going to go. Uh, <laughs> but I played in the league. I've been there. I know, I've been in the locker room. I know what you're talking about. Uh, it's amazing because that locker room sees nothing other than a brother. Right. But when you're talking about social change, taking a big stand, doing something that may be controversial to an ownership or whatever, Talk about how hard it would be as a younger player that hasn't reached that second contract yet compared to a guy that has gotten paid, has become a leader in the locker room. Not necessarily you, but just stuff, guys you've seen. It's hard to do as oh, a yeah. young player because that's your livelihood, right? I don't think a lot of people realize taking a stance before you're necessarily set or generational until your daughter's taken care of, that's not an easy thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm so proud of so many young guys mm-hmm. for taking that stance. That, that, not, that don't, they don't come from that. Right. They're heading towards generational wealth and different things. It's not easy to do. Nah, and I, and I was I was actually you know proud you know especially of you know Pat Mahomes you know him speaking up you know and um 
because, you know, now that he signed for $500 million, I'm pretty sure before he spoke up and thought about that, I would have. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, and it's a lot of guys that, that are in that position, you know, that, that doesn't, that they don't feel comfortable enough to, to, to speak up or to say what they feel like is right. So they kind of play the backfield or they don't say anything at all. And I, and I think ultimately that's, that's, you know, especially with the, with the, with the, with the unit community that, that the guys that get on the calls with us, that's what we're trying to tell these young boys is to, is to understand that we, we're moving in a space now where, where veterans are, are understanding that we have to have certain guys back, you know, um, especially when they're speaking up uh, about certain issues, but, you know, I feel like a lot of dudes don't speak up simply because they don't have that security. They don't have that second contract. They don't have five million dollars in the bank. You know, they, they just can't do it. And I mean, who 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 am I to blame them? You know, like it's hard. We don't come from much, so it's like you know to to, to have the opportunity to make X amount of dollars. Like I don't want to be the guy telling people that you know, something that's bigger than that. Like, if that's what you need for your family, then that's what you need, you know? So I just try to, you know, understand and keep a really a clean perspective on it all. Ty, I want to end with a couple of more lighthearted questions because I, I told these guys before you jumped on, I said, the first interview I ever did, one, was with you in the NFL in the locker room, and I was as nervous as you were, and you made me calm down because I could tell how nervous you were. But then the second one I did was a podcast, and I think I told you it was going to be like 15, 20 minutes. We talked for like an hour and a half, and we went to spiritual topics and yoga and all this. We were all over the place. So I told these guys, I was like, I'm going to be generous to Ty, and I'm not going to keep him for two hours today. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap things up with a couple lighthearted things. And I, I saw something on Twitter the other day. You were doing a Q&A, right? And you do these all the time. It's great. The fans get to ask you questions. But you actually, you actually had a teammate ask you a question. So Tyreek Hill asked you, who would win in locker room basketball? And I wanted you, because I talked about locker room basketball, and Jake started laughing because he started talking about what locker room basketball is. So I want you to, to set the scene for the fans of what this locker room basketball is. And most importantly, who is winning between you and Tyreek in this locker room basketball game? Well, yeah, we got like a little hoop in our locker room. You know, we would kind of just, you know, waste time. We usually play two-on-two, um, you know, so it's a lot of picks and because you can't do much. And most we talking, we talking Nerf hoop? We talking yeah. like a little mini ball hoop? A real basketball. You know? I got you. All right, so Pittsburgh, they had like a trash can and a tape ball. And it was like <laughs> the, the sickest games of horse ever. You know Larry Foote was talking nonstop. <laughs> nah, but it's usually two-on-two. So it's usually just a bunch of picks and screens and guys just shooting jumpers. But every now and then, you know, we'll line up, do like one-on-one. Um, Tyreek Hill is pretty competitive. And, you know, hey, I love it, you know, but I'm not the one he should underestimate. <laughs> and so I tell I tell him all the time, man, if I was six four, six five, I could legit be a hooper. Like, I, I, I'd be out there checking Russell Westbrook, you know? So, um, but now I think the only dude that really gives me trouble is Chris Jones because he's so big. And, and But he, he could wiggle, too. You know, so, um, but other than that, Tyreek Hill, he's too small. Okay. You got to be 6'5 to be able to talk. <laughs> I love it. I love the smack talk. I knew, I knew I would get it. I knew the competitiveness would come out. All right. The last two questions, and the competitiveness will come out on this one. So I asked fans to ask, I told them you were coming on the pod. I said, what are the questions you had? A lot of questions about Mahomes. You already talked about that. 
The next two things that we got asked about, which does not surprise me at all, is food, okay, and LSU. So the first one I'm going to ask you is Kansas City is known for top tier barbecue. And I have argued on its behalf against people from Texas. And I, I, I'm always arguing with somebody about it. So for you, what's your favorite barbecue in KC? Because there's a lot of good spots to hit up. I mean, it is. And I feel so bad answering this. <laughs> so I've tried a bunch of them. Okay. Um, I feel like, obviously, I like Gates, because Gates is like the classical. They've been here for a very long time. And it's like black on. So I always go, you know, support them. But they give you so much food, and I can never finish it all. Okay. I, never, I legit never finish my food. And okay. so Q39, they're, I can finish that place, you know? Like, okay. And, you know, so I'll probably say those two are like, that's like, depending on what side of town I'm on, like, that's where I'm going to go. So... Yeah, probably those two. Gates and Q39. I, I agree with Q39. All right, the last one here. Why is LSU? So the, the questions that came in, I'll set the scene here. For all of you that don't exist on Twitter all the time, this argument happens nonstop. Who is the real DBU? Okay, Ohio State. It's not even yeah. an argument, though. That I, trust me, I understand, but you've got Ohio State that's making noise. You got Florida that's making noise. You got Bama that's making noise. And this question came from one of your former teammates, okay? So he wants to know, why is LSU the real DBU? I think it's the – it's not the amount of guys you put in the league. I think it's truly the quality of guys you be able to put in the league. Um, uh, okay, now, I probably pick any team, and they can pick their best three players defensively. And I'll probably say, okay, pick LSU's. Best three, and you probably say Pat P. Adams or me or, or to Davis White, right? And but for me, I feel like I can build a legit defense around the LSU guys. You know, like I I, other guys need to be in a perfect situation, whereas the LSU guys could, you know, just drop them off. They're laying on their feet somewhere. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think that's it. I think it's the quality of. of, of guys you put in the league, the type of guys you put in the league, the, the guys that know that they're the leaders of their unit. And I think anytime you get a guy from LSU, you know, he, he pulls up as if he's the he's going to be the captain of this group one day, whereas most guys are just trying to fit in. So I think I think LSU breeds you in that way. They, they kind of, you know, they set the standard for you, and it's really up to you to kind of continue to, to live up to it. Um, I feel like we got really a handful of guys that can play in any defense, any system, have any coach, any coverage, uh, and they'll be, they'll be all right. So you're saying everybody leaves LSU with a seven on their chest? Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> if if anybody like knows what that means, that's, that's powerful. <laughs> yeah, that's, I was going to say, that's, that's a powerful statement. I, I knew we'd get a good answer because LSU is close to the heart for you, and I'm quite sure that uh, this will start a Twitter war with somebody from Ohio State, and I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. <laughs> I'll, I'll be here talking smack on behalf of Tyron and, and battling for, for LSU. Ty, and today, you got anything going on you want to chat, you want to talk about or anything the foundation's doing? Or if, if you don't, then I'd love to hear what you're looking forward to most about uh, hopefully football season continuing on time. Yeah, so uh, as far as the voter registration, uh, the deal we'll, we'll, I'll be doing with my foundation, we'll have an update probably next week or so on exactly what we're doing, what we're trying to attack. So I'll probably send that out uh, via Twitter or my foundation, uh, tyronmatthew.org. 
But uh, now I'm just relaxing right now. I'm scheduled to report to camp uh, Saturday. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping everything goes well. Um, you know, I feel like so much is going on in the world. Um, I think football is the is, is an ideal sport to kind of bring it all back together, bring us all back together. So I'm hoping we have that opportunity to to really play not only for ourselves and our families, but to kind of give the world some some love and, and something to talk about. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to getting back around my teammates. Haven't really seen those guys um, in a while, you know, other than, you know, Instagram and stuff. So um, it'll be cool, man, to get back around the guys. You know, uh, we like I said, we weren't really able to kind of celebrate the, the, the championships. So I'm, I'm more than sure they'll have a ring ceremony for us soon, I hope. <laughs> I'm quite sure that's going to happen. I'm quite sure that's going to happen. Uh, everybody, please be sure to check out Tyron's foundation, tyronmatthew.org. I will make sure that I retweet slash tweet out when that voter registration comes out because that is awesome. Definitely want people doing that, registering to vote and, and becoming informed. It's so important for, like Tyron said earlier, local elections. It's not just about the presidential election. It's about everything that is leading up to that point impacts your community. Want to make sure you guys do that. Ty, good luck. I yeah. hope we get that Tampa Super Bowl, man. I'm rooting for it. And you know, you know, Jake's rooting for it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I see you. I see you week 12, Jake. I think we play. I think that's week 12. Something like that. It's in November. <laughs> I'll see you there. All right. Stay I safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.